Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. It is Tuesday afternoon, and a short time ago, the Pac-12 announced that they would be, I call it, kicking the can down the road a bit. So no fall sports. The fall sports season has been canceled, not only for football. That includes basketball, soccer, volleyball, and any other sports that are played during the fall, and no competitive sports in the Pac-12 conference at least until January 1st. That doesn't mean that the teams can't practice and work out together. But uh, to me, I've just been saying, you know, from what I heard when they announced uh, the schedule last week was it was there's no way in hell that that schedule gets played. It was just kind of a dog and pony show. But Scott and Chris, any surprise that this was the decision today? No, I I think things were trending this way and, and it doesn't come as any kind of a surprise to me. Um, I, I don't think, and I understand why, but I don't think there's any administrators, any athletic directors, anybody who's in charge with any sort of power in this whole situation that wants to be out in front on, on this from a let the kids play, let the coaches coach standpoint because you make one mistake, someone dies because you allowed them to practice and they ended up getting COVID and ends up, end up dying. That's on your head. Whether it belongs there or not, it's going to be on your head. No one wants to get out in front of this. Any surprise, Chris? No, definitely not. I mean, especially with the Big Ten basically making the same decision just a few hours earlier. And we were on the the webinar call with Larry Scott and, and Ray Anderson, the ASU AD. And, you know, Ray Anderson, you know, he was asked about liability concerns and how a lot of people felt ultimately this was about liability waivers and, you know, what happens if players all of a sudden just went ahead and signed off their liabilities because they wanted to play so much. And to go to Scott's point, it's it's all about accountability and responsibility for the higher ups, for the people in management and leadership decisions on all these campuses. It's not about liability. They have to look out for these kids. And there's still so much unknown about the coronavirus that they just couldn't go any further. And and I and personally, I think that, you know, the covid is one thing, but I think these side effects especially with the cardiac stuff that's just been starting to come out in the last week or so, I think that really scared a lot of people. And ultimately, I think that's the thing that really kind of put it over the edge. And I think with the amount of uncertainty that's out there right now, I just don't think that there's any way that they could really expect to proceed from this. And, you know, going back to when there was no sports at all, I think when the UFC started up their events, that a lot was learned from that. And then uh, golf started up and now the NBA has started up as well as Major League Baseball. And there's a lot to learn from those sports and how they're handling it in I think the uh, NCAA f- for football is going to get a good idea of how to handle this, and I think they're going to learn a lot from the NFL. So um, I think it's the right decision. I don't know that if I would uh, I would have kicked the can down the road till the first of January, I might have just you know put a delay for a month in there, but uh, they elected to uh, 
make it until the end of the year. But, Scott, do you think that has much to do with it and seeing how much they can learn from the NFL once that starts up, which isn't that far down the road? Yeah, I, no, I don't think that's that's wrong at all. I, I think they're going to take in as much as they can. The fact is, I don't think there's going to be a season at all. I've been very optimistic that at some point they're going to play. There's just too much money to lose. But the more I look at it, the more I listen to different voices and everything like that, I just don't see any way they end up playing in the spring. I absolutely hope I'm wrong. I want to see football this year or this school year, I guess. Um, it, it would be weird to have spring football um, to cover like actual games, um, but it is what it is. I, I just think there's going to be a movement um, from a lot of these presidents to tell their athletic directors to, to apply for those loans that the conference has already lined up for the, at what, 3.75 up to, what was it, 98 million or 88 million, whatever it was. And um, I think they're going to tell them, hey, go ahead and do that. And we're just going to call it all off and, and start fresh because anybody who thinks that they can delay the 2021 football season, if they are going to end up having it, is off their rocker because their media contracts say they have to start in late August, early September, and they're not going to delay them. So it's I just I think this is short sighted on their part, but it's it makes it makes sense. So it is what it is. And I still think there's going to be football games being played. And, you know, the thing I've been hearing for quite some time for people that, you know, are working on this was the possibility when things clear up a little bit of possibility of a six game schedule, uh, trying to fit that in. Now, they've made contingencies for everything and they've been working on this for quite some time, you know, whether it's a nine game schedule or a six game schedule. But, um, I would anticipate at some point when things clear up, I would anticipate a six game schedule. And one of the other things that I've been told is as well as there's talks that the NCAA has been having with the NFL to possibly push their draft back between four and six weeks, you know, to accommodate that possibility of a spring schedule. I don't know where those talks have gone or how far down the road that's going to be. But also, Scott, you know, just for the financial guys and if they want to put some stuff out on the board, because I don't understand how it all works. But when I, I know that when you have the amount of money, um, for loans that are being talked about, it's a whole different ball game than just a regular mortgage. The um, stadium payment is $17 million a year for Husky Stadium. That's the uh, note that they pay every year on that to take on additional debt. I'm hearing, you know, numbers six, seven percent on those types of loans, you know, uh, that are going to be funded by hedge funds and secured by potential um, TV revenues down the road. So those that are in finance and understand that a little bit more so than we do, it'd be an interesting uh, topic to throw around. But uh, there's also, you know, when we talk about the finances and how much of a loss this is going to be for the athletic department, we'd also heard some rumors, you know, just not loans, you know, that they're, the athletic departments would be able to secure. But, you know, some of the schools we're going to go to the schools themselves with their endowments and say, hey, we need the money. And instead of getting a loan, you know, getting subsidized by upper campus and the university itself. So we'll have to see if, you know, that happens, if they're able to get some of those funds to cover the losses from the university itself or if they have to take on the additional debt load. Because, like I said, there, for example, a school like University of Washington, they're paying $17 million a year debt load on the stadium, and that's a big chunk of their budget. So um, what are you hearing, Chris? Well, just 
in terms of all that kind of stuff, yeah, I mean, I think all the options are going to be on the table because we're in unprecedented times. We just don't know how these things are going to shake out. And Larry Scott was actually asked about the possibility of spring football because if health and and being responsible for the student athletes and their well-being is first and foremost, which is what you know the Pac-12 essentially did by by making this statement today. Then how do you square that circle where you're going to ask them to potentially play up to two seasons in 2021, right? And he said, well, now you understand why spring football to begin with was never really seriously concerned because we, we, our goal is to not have that be a possibility. We would like to be able to just, you know, try to do what we can. And like you said, they're kicking the can down the road a little bit. But if they could play a few games in the spring, I think that would be ideal. I, I, I don't, there's absolutely no way they could do a full schedule. I mean, you could, you literally couldn't do a full 12 game spring and a full 12 game fall. It's just, it wouldn't make any sense. It just, there's no way it could happen. So well, the interesting thing, the interesting thing with that, Chris, if they play a six game schedule, how many players are going to opt out of playing that to regain their eligibility? And how does that impact scholarship numbers for next year? Well, they've, they're, they're, you're already seeing a number of high profile players that have opted out of their senior or, or, or of their 2020 seasons anyway, like, uh, Rondale Moore from Purdue, for instance, I know is one that it already said, look, I'm, I'm already on my way to start preparing for next year's draft so does this change his mind at all if he could play three or four games in the spring would he do it i doubt it because of the the potential injury concerns for instance but yeah i mean you you know we we can talk about guys that we think could potentially opt out of something like that i mean you're looking at the obvious guys i mean levi Anzarike and elijah molden i mean they're going to have technically eligibility because the Pac-12 has already said, basically, in terms of eligibility, everybody's on pause. And so they, they would retain the eligibility that they currently have. So theoretically, they could still play. But would they? I doubt it. Now, guys like Joe Tryon and Jackson Kirkland, for instance, guys that are rising juniors, would they maybe think twice about playing a few spring games? That's a 50-50 for me. Just Just – off the top of my head, because I haven't really thought about it that thoroughly, but those guys would have a legitimate decision to make. I, I think the seniors, it's a little, probably more, a little more clear cut in my mind, but the juniors, I think, would have a, a, a tough call to make. Well, and Scott, it'll get interesting with scholarship numbers with maximum of 85, but anybody who opts out gets, you know, that eligibility preserved. I mean, it's going to be wild how they manage the roster numbers. And, you know, I'm sure that they're going to have to increase that number on a national level. But when you start going down that rabbit hole of how they're going to figure the not out the numbers, that gets a little bit, a little bit crazy. Yeah. And well, and then you think about schools, low revenue schools that, that don't have a lot of extra revenue schools like Washington state schools like Oregon state that really struggle with their bottom line. And those schools aren't going to be able to have 95 to a hundred guys on, on, uh, on, on their roster and, and, uh, you know, that they're paying for, for scholarships, but I've heard anywhere from 95 to a hundred is, is what some people have talked about. I don't know how high up it's gone in the NCAA and, 
we'll just have to wait and see. But I've I've heard there could be a possibility of up to ten to fifteen scholarships over the limit for the next two years, um, depending on how things go. So we'll just have to wait and see. But how about those guys who are who are like third year sophomores and and thought, hey, I'm going to play behind a senior one more year, and then my senior year I'm going to get to play. And now those seniors may stick around for another year. So it's it's real tough. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, is when you take a look at the budget, you know, um, the line item budget for a student athlete on the football program, it runs at one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 a year per athlete. You know, you're talking about out-of-state tuition, roughly around $50,000, $55,000 a year. You know, they get a per diem. The uh, housing, you know, is another couple grand a month and medical and uh, books and training table and all of that. It all adds up. So, you know, that's a drain on the budget. I mean, if you're adding another 10 guys on scholarship or 20, just do the math. It adds up real quick. And when you're not bringing in any revenues, it's hard. I mean, it's really, really hard. And uh, then in addition to all that, I mean, I, I feel sorry for Jen Cohen sometimes because not only is this on her table, but you've got the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement and uh, the defunding of the police and all the stuff from the students are dealing with on campus not a fun time to be an administrator at a college university right now. So, uh, are you open for the job, Chris? Uh, no, I, I don't envy Jen's job right now at all, but, uh, I would say that, uh, both the SEC and ACC, as we're doing this right now, have both basically come out with statements saying that they're staying pat with what they're doing right now, which means they're not necessarily updating anything. They're just kind of in a holding pattern, which I think we kind of all would have expected. What I think is going to be interesting, guys, is that the big the Big 12 is supposedly meeting tonight, Tuesday night, and there's a thought out there that if the Big 12 decides to follow what the Big 10 and Pac-12 have done today, that the ACC and SEC almost would feel compelled to follow the lead of the other Power 5 conferences. So it's going to be incredibly interesting. It's almost like a, a little bit of a mini Mexican standoff here in terms of what those guys are going to do because – Yes, losing Pac-12 football in this footprint is huge. I mean, let's not diminish it. Let's not minimalize it or anything like that. But can you imagine what would happen if there was no college football in the SEC footprint? Those people would be going stark raving crazy. I can't even imagine what that would be like. But I think it could be a real possibility. In addition, we're not only talking about football, but basketball will be canceled until after the first of the year and a lot of talk about a possible 20 game conference schedule for each team. So that's something to consider. And, you know, Chris, I wanted to bring up too, um, and I'll tie it into with what's going on at Washington. But yesterday we got an announcement that Shannon Terry, the head of uh, the 24 seven network was stepping down. And what I found real interesting was he said, you know, he, um, had been at it for 10 years and he felt that he had brought the network as far along as he possibly could. And in order to take the network to the next step with the things that need to be done, he said he didn't have the skill set or the capability to do that. So he felt it was the right time to hand it off to somebody with that skill set to take it to the next level. How does that relate to what is going on? I think Larry Scott took this as far as he could, and he's been hanging on a little bit too long. And what, where this conference needs to go right now with all of this and everything else that's going on, I think it's time for Larry Scott to step aside. But I'm not sure he has the skill set to wander through this 
to take care of this. The report out Saturday of the Zoom call he had with the student athletes with the We Are United front, um, you know, it wasn't good where, you know, it came out, it was reported that he basically said that it was an ill-conceived publicity stunt by them. And I just think that Larry is so tone deaf. And when he's talking, he's so condescending and dismissive. I think it's time for Larry Scott to step aside and have somebody take this and navigate these problems for somebody who has a different skill set than he has. I think he's taken it as far as he can. No disagreement here. Um, I Obviously, I think there's a lot of people that would have wanted to see Larry Scott go a long time ago. Um, I think that he did obviously a very good job right off the bat in terms of negotiating the initial media rights deal with Fox and ESPN and those things to get you know, the Pac-12, the kind of influx of, of cash and revenue that they needed right off the bat. But then after that, it just feels like it's been one kind of gaff after another. And yeah, it, it, it kind of has culminated in a sense with that meeting. Um, I certainly would love to have heard his side of the story. We never really got to that in this particular webinar today. Um, I obviously I think that would have been addressed. I think you were in line. I think Softy was in line. I think there were people in line in the in the media that wanted to ask him that question, but uh, didn't get uh, the time to do so. I would say that uh, ultimately, when you're asking a, a commissioner of a Power Five conference to have that kind of a sit down, they better have some mediation skills. They better have some ability to put on the velvet hammer, so to speak. And if you're going to give them bad news, be transparent about it, but show them. Open up your books. Do it in a way that doesn't come come out as condescending and come out in a way that it makes sense for everybody. So you're showing them that, look, we're not doing this to line our pockets. We're not doing this for whatever nefarious reasons. These are exactly the things that we have to work with, and this is what we do with them. And then And then – from that point on, the players could rejoin her with whatever response they have yeah. with, but at least they'd be working on a set of mutual facts that, that were agreed on and you could work from there. He never ever wanted to go there. And I think having, ultimately it's, it's, uh, it was to his, it was his, to his detriment. Having Larry Scott deal with student athletes, that's not going to turn out well. <laughs> it's just not. It's well, if the not. reports are correct, and I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that John Canzano or John Wilner or any of these guys are, are incorrect in, in their reporting and their sourcing. Um, yeah, it, it just sounds like it was a complete catastrophe. Also, hearing that Larry thought the meeting went well. Well, Ray Anderson <laughs> said the same thing. So at least, at least they've gotten their story straight. Yeah. Now it may not be the right story, but at least they got it straight. Selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Scott, touch bases on recruiting. Update us. Tell us what's going on. Anything new? Well, last night, Washington offered Jaden Wayne, the 2023 defensive end outside linebacker prospect from uh, Lincoln, 6'5", 225, almost 230, and uh, big physical kid, probably the top guy in state for that class. There are a couple other really good players. So, What, what uh, position, Scott? Uh, uh, defensive end or outside linebacker. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, they like him as a buck. Because they have them listed in the database as an athlete, so. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's where Washington is looking to to use him is on the defensive side of the ball. Jimmy Lake made the offer. There is video of it uh, that Jaden and his dad end up, ended up taking. I think his his coach, uh, um, uh, Coach, uh, I always screw up his last name. So, um, Mat- Coach Matsumoto is the last name. Masaki Matsumoto, that's his name. So anyway, uh, they posted it this morning and it was, it was kind of cool to watch Coach Lake give the offer out to him and everything like that. It's something you can't really do when they're making offers in person anymore. So this is kind of a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, for how guys get out, end up getting offered. But other than that, not a lot going on. Jack Gary will still, still kind of trying to wait and see what happens with him with, with, uh, fall camp basically being delayed. He's going to be able to get in. Uh, his academics should be fine. I've heard, uh, that he, if he hasn't finished the class, that it's, uh, very close to being done and, and that, uh, he is expected to join Washington as long as everything goes well. Hey, Scott, real quick. I was curious with, with Jaden Wayne, would a comparison to Savelle Smalls be out of order? I don't know if he's quite that explosive because I remember watching um, Savelle as a freshman and and running down guys at you know all the way across the field. Now Jaden has that capability, but he seems more of a straight line guy rather than a than a you know a guy who can be flexible and things like that. It's just you can kind of see a little bit difference. I don't think there's that much of a difference, Chris, but. I don't know if I'd uh, put him on that level quite yet. I'm, I'm not there yet. Just, I know there's been a lot of hand-wringing on the boards about uh, him not being offered. What took so long, Scott? Explain a little bit how that process worked. Uh, well, he was a he, – I mean, he started seven games, but he was kind of a part-time player for Lincoln last year. He would play mostly in third downs. He was a pass rusher. He didn't, uh, you know, do a lot. And this is him telling me that too um and uh i i think washington just wanted to evaluate him a little bit more and maybe even wanted to see what he was going to look like uh this this fall and see how much he'd improved the other thing to remember is Jaden is 16 years old and so he's um a grade older than him than than uh or i'm sorry a year older than the guys in, in his grade so 
Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things to consider when you make an offer to a guy, especially a local guy. And Washington, I thought, I think felt like they could take their time with them, but he he was just blowing up so much. I think that Washington had really talked, really picked up talking to him over the last couple of weeks, and and uh, Jimmy Lake basically told them that. Um, I can't wait any longer to offer you. I want to offer you now and have you be part of the Huskies. Brock Bowers, the big-time tight end out of Napa, had narrowed it down to Washington and Georgia, picked Georgia earlier this week. Any surprise there, Scott? No, no. We'd been saying for a while that it was probably going to be Georgia, although Washington made it very close in the end. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I still don't think Washington's going to completely give up on this one. I I think that he's probably going to end up signing with uh, Georgia, but I think – if he wants to continue talking to Durham Cato, I think Durham Cato will continue talking to him. And um, where does that put numbers at, Scott, right now, just to re- refresh how many scholarships they have available right now? Well, they're at 14 right now, and you're probably looking at four to six more. And right now, the numbers are really, really tight. They're not going to take another running back everybody wants him to take byron cardwell unless something really weird happens you're not going to see him take another running back in this class um wide receiver it's kind of down to mekeg buka and troy franklin troy franklin is probably a no because he's going to end up very likely signing with oregon but mekeg buka i think washington's got a great shot to reel in they've got jt2 malau who washington really wants to get in the class that's the guy from Eastside catholic the number one overall player in the country Six four six five two hundred and seventy five pounds can run like the wind. Uh, do pretty much anything you want him to do. Washington will save a spot for him. And then I'm trying to think off the done, top of my head. They're done at quarterback. Done at quarterback. Done at tight end. Done at running back. Done or at offensive well, line. Most likely done at, at tight end unless Bowers. Done at offensive line. Uh, done along the defensive line most likely. Um, Linebacker. Linebacker, they're pretty much done with, yes. Defensive secondary. Um, secondary, they might take one or two more. That's, that's a place where we could see some numbers added, but a lot of it, once again, depends on attrition and things like that, because right now, you're only looking at 12 spots for, I'm sorry, 10 spots for the next class if you just go strictly by guys with eligibility left, so it could be ugly. Jack Gary or Brock Bowers, choose one. Oh, I'd take Brock Bowers in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I just, He's such a special player, um, can do everything. He's a bigger, faster version of Hunter Bryant. Would you like that in this offense? Yeah, but they're different yeah. guys. They're different They're players. absolutely different guys, but Washington has guys like Jack Gary where they don't have guys like Brock Bowers. All right, anything else we need to cover, Chris? No, I was just going to make that point that they're kind of different guys, so don't don't sleep on Yeri. I mean, obviously with his, with his bloodlines, with his dad being a – Hall of Famer offensive lineman. I mean, I know there's some people out there that think he could even grow and become an offensive lineman in time. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. And remember that Scott Huff does not have a lot of options when it comes to guys with tackle bodies. So if if they think Gary is going to grow into an offensive tackle, it wouldn't surprise me if Washington decides to add him to the list. He's six six two fifty right now. Uh, well, at I haven't least, talked to at him. At least two fifty. Yeah. I haven't talked to him, but yeah, that's a damn. Is he Joe Toledo? Could be. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. All right. Scott, what do you got going the rest of the afternoon? Um, well, uh, my son and I went for a walk earlier today, but I'm trying to get up to 20,000 steps today. So we're going to take another run walk and then I got to pick up my other kid and they're going to torture me until their mom gets home. 
and then they'll torture her while I uh, go up and do some work for Dogman. Now wait till they get old enough where I can tell them how to torture you. God, those are going to be fun days. Yeah, Chris, you're not talking to them at all, Kim. <laughs> Chris, what do you got going the rest of the day? Well, I got to put out this podcast. That's my know. job. How many steps that- are you going to have by the end of the day, Chris? Scott's got twenty. Scott's got twenty. Any steps to put this out, Kim? <laughs> just a little, just a little brain power. That's all. All right. But, I got uh, Just I want to. I want to make sure that people stick with us. I mean, this is going to be. This is temporary. Just like everything else in life, this will. This is just a bump in the road, and we still got a lot of recruiting stuff. We're still going to be there. We're still going to be putting out podcasts. We're still going to be around. I know. We're going to be covering. Prefer- we're going to be we doing a lot of the NFL more. Husky stuff, too. A lot of sure. NFL Husky stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure there will be some Seahawks talk and all that kind of stuff. So we will we will make do, just like everyone else is going to have to make do. I just want everyone to stick with us. We'll, we'll be there for you guys, and hopefully you'll be, uh, you'll be there for us. Always something going on. So, anyways, all right. Hey, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds, along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go Dogs. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.